Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, guys. 204 DGS on Camo X. Brad Young joins us now. Hello, Brad. Hey, Dave. Uh, so much to talk to you about. So many things that I'm really interested in your take on. First of all, the case involving the embryos. Uh, before I get to Brad, though, Wheels, did you see Tommy Tuberville's take on this? Mm-hmm. Did you really? Oh, my Lord. This, is, this man, I know you're not supposed to say stupid anymore. He's this stupid. is an unintelligent, subintelligent, not smart, stupid man. Yeah. The, well, I mean... He, or at least lazy. Well, I, I you don't would even say look into it. He spent forty years of his life only looking at one thing. Yeah, which was football. That's all he did was college football. And then when he got out of it, he's like, "Oh, I'm famous and popular. Yeah. I can." If you run don't know what we're talking about. The, this embryos case, which has impacted the people getting uh, in vitro fertilization, and a reporter asked Tommy Tuberville what he thought of it. He's like, "Oh, I'm for it. You know, and we need to have more babies in this world. And uh, you know, God loves babies." And the lady's like, "Well, you know, it's keeping babies from being born. Lots of uh, people out there trying to have babies through IVF." And he straight up Cindy Brady. He did not know what to say because he had not read the damn article. All he'd heard was the headline. And, so. and also didn't understand the process. At all. Like the actual IVF process. No. And I'm no I'm a and dummy and a I know senator. it. Senator. Yeah. Uh so Brad, line us out on what it is, what it's not, and what you think of it. Well, first of all, I've read the entire decision. I read it last week. And essentially, if you boil it all down, they're interpreting the the Alabama Constitution, rather the Alabama Supreme Court was interpreting one state law from 1872. And under this one state law, it allowed parents to sue over the death of a minor child. And so the whole issue, and this is the this is the problem sometimes when Supreme Court cases or any appellate cases get get uh, uh, publicized is that you have to look exactly at what the court said and what they're doing. And in this instance, really, the sole issue was whether or not the plaintiffs could sue. It wasn't on the merits. It wasn't whether or not uh, they, they, they would win or prevail or not prevail. It was simply on can parents sue under this state law uh, as it applies to fertilized embryos. And the court said, yes, plaintiffs, meaning the parents, can sue. And so it, it gets kicked back down to the Alabama lower courts for these lawsuits to continue. And that's it? That's it. So I mean, here's the thing, though. I mean, it's not it. What they're saying is, is that under this 1872 law, embryos, if they're fertilized embryos, they count as children uh, for suing over the death of a minor child. 
So that's the part that gets a lot of uproar is that, first of all, we're interpreting an 1872 mm -hmm. law in the context of IVF. OK, in, in 1872, uh, I don't know that they could spell IVF. Mm -hmm. uh, so in, in this instance, you have to say, is that what the law intended? And the answer is clearly no, it, it is not. But the whole issue is whether the lawsuits could move forward. And the question is yes, or the answer is yes. And so the reaction to that was that all of these IVF facilities in Alabama said, well, if we're subject to being sued, not that we'll lose, mm -hmm. but if we're at least subject to being sued, then at this point, we're not going to do any IVF. We're not going to transfer the embryos. We're not going to do anything because of fear of litigation. Which, if you were their attorney, is probably good advice, right? Oh, I would tell them exactly the same thing. Yeah, you, you, you can't do anything. If you do anything other than the status quo, you could be sued for one reason or another. And that's why you're seeing the scramble now. I read today Texas is going to be updating their law. Uh, the Alabama legislature is going to have to update their laws mm -hmm. to make sure that, that at least as it pertains to laws involving the parents' ability to sue over the death of minor children, that that's clarified as to whether it's extra uterine or not extra uterine children. Now, Brad, I read a couple articles. I did not read the decision, though. And in the articles, it was criticizing one of the justices, I think the chief justice, maybe who wrote the opinion, that he was making religious arguments. Uh, did you find that to be the case? Oh, yeah, it was referenced in the it was referenced in the decision. It absolutely was. But it wasn't the holding. In mm -hmm. other words, it wasn't a holding that said uh, this is we're holding that uh, because the Bible says this or that, then this law must be interpreted this way. Uh, he was citing and I believe it was even the chief justice who was writing the the uh, opinion was stating that these are the reasons why he voted the way he did, and it was based upon his interpretation of the Bible. And, Brad, let's just flesh that out for a moment, because obviously people get their feelings hurt when it comes to religion. In general, just over, just in general, day one of con law, what role does religion or the Bible <laughs> or the Quran or the Book of Mormon hold in a court of law? Boy, that's a great question. Certainly, it's not what we call precedent, meaning you can't base a law, you can't draft a law that requires the establishment of a religion. That's First Amendment con law 101. The question becomes, and it's always been the case, that whether and to what extent judges or justices can rely on either their own uh, religious beliefs or their own religious traditions in the interpretation of law. So in this case, the actual interpretation of the law that happened in this uh, Alabama embryo case was the Alabama law that says life begins at conception. So they were applying valid law now stating that life begins at conception. How does that law impact this 1872 law about the ability of parents to sue over the death of minor children. So it wasn't, at least in, in my reading, it wasn't anything that was establishing a religion. It was the judge giving, and, and Dave, you know, this is called dicta. Mm -hmm. uh, that's where the just judges or justices explain their rationale or what they were thinking. It was that judge's dicta and I'll make sure I'm sounding that or pronouncing no, that correctly perfect. here. Yep. Nope. I don't want to get, you know, mm -mm. sideways with the FCC here. No. But but uh, that's D-I-C-T-A. Uh, but in this instance, it, he was explaining why he ruled the way he did. He needs to learn to keep his dick out of it. Right. 
I'm 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 confused, but should your reasoning be based in the law? Well, in this instance, it was the application of the law that said life begins at conception in Alabama and applying that law to how you interpret this 1872 law regarding whether parents can sue over the death of a minor child. There was at no point was it saying I'm applying second hesitations to this. And as I apply second hesitations, this is what I think. That wasn't what the judge was doing. Good. And uh, Donald Trump, as I understand it, has elected to appeal his 350 some million dollar verdict in uh, in New York. What will that entail? Do we know yet exactly? Well, we do. I mean, he's filed the appeal this morning. Uh, he's obviously he's appealing everything. So are his sons. But it's not the appeal that's that's of greater interest, at least from my perspective, Dave. What the most interesting part here is how does he stop the interest from running and how does he stop uh, Letitia James from coming in and uh, grabbing Trump assets? And again, uh, I'm not don't extrapolate that any further than what's intended, uh, but grabbing Trump's assets uh, to secure this judgment. So he has to do one of two things. He has to put up a cash bond. Uh, somewhere north of $454 million, or he has to go out and buy a bond. This is something I do for my clients when Mm -hmm. I file appeals. I've got to go out and buy a surety bond that basically states, number one, the interest stops accruing because he has to pay interest going back to when this lawsuit was filed. And that interest alone, I think, is close to $100 million. But when it comes to this, he he either has to buy that bond, which secures the judgment, or he has to post cash. And to buy a $450 million bond, what would that, what would that take you? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really totally guessing here. I've never, never had to buy one that big there, Dave. <laughs> uh, but, but the bonds that I've had to buy for my clients generally are about 10% of the amount of the bond, and it has to be secured with an asset. So if you apply that reasoning here, mm-hmm. again, I have no idea whether mm-hmm. when you get up into the hundreds of millions of dollars, whether that same ratio would apply. But conceivably, at that point, it could probably cost him somewhere around 400 or 45 to 50 million dollars. And the basics with a bond, Brad, would be, hey, bond company, Wheeler Incorporated, I'm going to give you 50 million dollars. And if I go to Venezuela, you're going to have to pay this court $450 million. So whoever gives Trump the bond would have to believe in Trump. Uh, well, they, they would also be secured with an asset that's worth more than the amount of the bond. Gotcha. So he could, he could for example, secure it with Trump Tower. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's ironic here is this entire judgment came from the overvaluation of assets. So we could have a situation where he overvalues his assets to be the security for the appeals bond in regard to the litigation involving overvaluation of assets. That is just a little too on the nose, right? (laughs) That's crazy. And then finally, Supreme Court is taking up, I believe today, arguments about the Internet and rights and obligations. Yeah. And that the, the oral argument started this morning. Uh, and I've read some excerpts of the oral argument, Dave. This is something that to me is con law 101. You're restricting the ability of minors to engage in free speech. Uh, it's it's unconstitutional. In fact, an Ohio court just ruled that last week. Uh, Ohio Court of Appeals decision said First Amendment rights apply to kids. It doesn't stop at the schoolhouse door. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even kids have First Amendment rights. So to me, this is not a big issue. Some of the justices thought that they maybe want to send this down. 
which basically means kicking the can and saying, we're not going to reach a decision. We're going to send it back to the lower court to make some additional findings. Some of the justices were saying that. I could see that here, but I just don't see it as that big of an issue. Uh, If kids have a First Amendment right, they have a First Amendment right. Either they do or they don't. Uh, and, And all of this discussion about how do we cut it around the edges to me seems uh, like a waste of time. Uh, Brad, I know in addition to being an attorney, you're a very savvy political guy. What do you make of Donald Trump uh, trying to remake the RNC? People keep saying, well, you know what he's going to do? He's going to try and get the RNC to pay his legal bills. Is that yeah. even legal or is that just a decision Boy. by a private party? Look, we need to break it down into two two parts. First, it's common for the front runner of a party, Republican, Democrat, doesn't matter, to get to put their people in to run the party when you're the nominee. That's not uncommon. In this instance, what is uncommon is whether basically the RNC would be used to pay Trump's legal fees. I think that would be in any stretch what's called self-dealing which is a legal term, meaning you're using money raised for one purpose and you're using it for a private personal purpose. And to me, using legal fees from the RNC or rather using money from the RNC mm-hmm. to pay Trump's legal fees is self-dealing. Very good. All right, Brad, you're the best. Thank you. My pleasure. Uh, around the horn, anyone have any thoughts, feelings, emotions on any of those stories? Hmm. You know, the the IVF thing is certainly interesting to hear the legal analysis from Brad and kind of have it simplified. And, you know, it's not like they made IVF illegal. It's just going to become much more difficult to access because of the precedent that it's setting. I am interested in this this law that he referenced that says in Alabama that says life starts at conception. How did that bill even because that does seem to be a law based on a religion? Well, yeah, it's not in any science text. There is no definition scientifically. But for when life begins. But right. think about it. A state would have to make that call, though, whether you're making it and you're saying, attributing it to, we've spoken to 20 OBGYNs and a bunch of this and a bunch of that, or we talked to a bunch of pastors. I mean, given the state of our world, they would have to make that call. Is that something the Supreme Court would need to take up if it's challenged? Boy, I... The Supreme because Court obviously federal could make Trump's our life state court so much easier if they just took these things up, did it in a timely manner, stopped being the friggin' uh, you know Green Lantern Illuminati up there, and just you know just let us know what's the deal. Take mm. these cases up and tell us what's the deal. Or maybe this is a thing where it's just look, it's up to the state. And if state laws work against your values, you can move to another state that has your values. And, like, is that the intent? Like, hey, maybe one state I mean, has different the, rules. That's the intent of states' rights, yeah. Right, okay. Like, uh, you know, hey, I want to live in a very conservative state. Okay, well. But states could never say, just as a radical example, you couldn't say, well, slavery is legal. No, no. So is this, I mean, like, how do the, I'm trying to understand, like, where does the state's rights, where so do they stop, in, I guess? In in the Constitution, we have what's called the enumeration clause, which basically says that here's what the, the federal government can do. And they're very careful to say, if it's not enumerated here, then it's the state, because the federal Constitution was drafted in such a way that they were all worried about their own states. Right. You know, like, I'm a right. Virginian first right. and an American second. Uh, and so states' rights have really, really been watered down and bastardized. But basically, it's when states disagree 
uh, and and we need clarity in the union that, okay, well, Ohio, you can make your speed limit 55 and, and Arizona, you can make it 95. That's okay. But when it comes to things like this, we really need some clarity. We need some consistency. Or if it uh, goes against a federal statute, then the federal government gets to come in and right. say, like, well, okay, we're going to call this one against you and in favor of us. And every state has to follow our example. And here's why. And that's the supremacy clause, which right. is, at the end of the day, <laughs> we're bigger and cooler than you. And these issues are very much in that murky in between, right? Or is the, because there is, no fe- there, is no, there is no federal definition that's for when life begins, that's right? That's what the Republicans are trying to do. Right. They're trying to get a federal ban, and a part of that ban, I think, would have to be, this is illegal because life starts here. But that's not based on scientific proof of when life actually begins it's based on a belief system right i don't know the answer to that because, because i've it, never seen a scientific definition that says this is it would be easy for me to say yes and, and it's bullcrap but i'm sure that both sides have spoken to doctors and philosophers mm-hmm. and you know that's why it's that's why it's so difficult it's why it is the issue it is because there isn't really like what you would call consensus no mm-hmm. right i no. mean like we all agree one of us gets killed by someone well that's murder we don't there's nobody was like no it's not um in this case though there's a lack of agreement on yeah. the basic fundamental premise of when this actually starts yes 226 dgs i love this story rage i love it too so this this happened in ireland there was a 36 year old woman had claimed that a car accident she was in in 2017 left her with quote debilitating pain leaving her unable to lift heavy bags and she would be in bed for days on end and she's just, you know, constant pain in her back and her neck and her spine, uh, just keeping her from living her life. So she's in the middle of this, you know, court case. She sued RSA Insurance on the basis that she could not work for over five years and, you know, I can't even lift up a bag of groceries. Well, (laughs) her case was just thrown out uh, because... A a photo of her tossing a Christmas tree in 2018 in a Christmas throwing Christmas tree throwing contest (laughs) has just resurfaced and everyone's saying, well, I thought you had debilitating back pain. You're out here throwing Christmas. If you've ever seen the hammer throw in the Olympics where you spin around. Is that what they do? That's what they do with the Christmas tree. So they like hold the top and then you spin. Yeah. And she won. And so she, congratulations, yeah. you just she, lost a million dollars. She got if you're the opposing lawyer and you find <laughs> oh. that, like once I, in, once in a career, is that the best day you of know, your life? Uh, probably about 2003 or four. I had a guy come out uh, to an event and uh, introduced himself, and he said that he was a uh, uh, an investigator for social security disability claims. Oh. Okay. And he said, and he was very emotional about it. He said, it's so sad because they're always faking. Always? Uh, not not everyone who's on disability. But the ones they're investigating. The ones they're investigating. Like when they get a complaint, it's, he said it's with him, it was pretty much 100%. That if someone complains and says, hey, we're paying this guy uh, disability and we found out that he's XYZ, and then this guy goes and follows him, he's like 100% of the time they're right. Is that, who does the complaint there? Is it like, a, uh, like it's a, an employer? Uh, are they on the hook for that? I don't know. Some, I mean, sometimes it's just people in their lives. Okay, so just people know just, them. And they don't like, want hey, to see them beating the system, and they'll yeah. they'll reach out and say, "Hey, this guy's not supposed to be able to do this X Y Z. He's right now under his car working on it. They're pulling an engine, and someone will go out and follow him. They'll see it, and kick him off the rolls." Mm.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 236 DGS, stairway to Kevin. Sure. All right. Question for you guys. This actually came before the Supreme Court and they turned it down. They did not take the case. But did you guys know that like honking your car horn can be illegal and you can actually be in trouble for it? And it got to the point where this woman got pulled over and was given a citation for honking in support of a protest that was going on somewhere, right? So it was like, honk if you agree with us. And yeah. she honked. And the next thing she knows, she's being pulled over. And she got a ticket. I guess it, it got dropped eventually. The whole case got dropped. Mm-hmm. But she continued with the case, basically Good. saying, look, honking a horn is just the same as political speech or any speech. I mean, it could be celebrating a team championship. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Honk, honk, honk. You know, to, to celebrate that. But there are places all over where unless you're honking the horn for, quote, legitimate traffic reasons, it can be considered illegal. And I want to know what the hell. Mm. Like, how? Why? I mean, what? It's what, don't we? And I guess my point is this. Doesn't every place have a nuisance law or a noise ordinance in place anyway where this would be redundant? If you're doing yeah. that and you're just like outside somebody's home yeah. and well, there are already different laws that apply to that. Yes. Why do we need to do anything that limits your, your use of that we particularly? Shouldn't. Yeah, we shouldn't. That's dumb. I'm not sure it should be a Supreme Court case. I do. I but, do think overhonking can be like dangerous. I guess. Yeah, but so could over bullhorning or horning or you know whatever or yelling, yelling. Yeah, any any implement that could disturb yeah. the peace, banging on pots and pans. You know, anything could be used as a nuisance. But this is right. A, this is an implement that comes not only with my car but with every car. <laughs> right. And by the way, if mine doesn't work, you can give me a citation for that. Really? If yeah. they, right. If they figured out that it yeah. didn't. And I, what I'm I'm fascinated by is, like, if you already have things about not disturbing the peace, not making too much noise, why do we need to single out specific noises? You don't. Simple. And I understand, to me, you know what it feels like? It just feels like an excuse to write tickets. Yeah. Like, it's a reason you could just add a $50 ticket or a $75 ticket or just write tickets for no reason. That's what it feels like because I can't see a practical purpose. Are they at all, do you think, worried that... It's just that it makes people mad, and they don't want people mad on the roads. No, I think. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. But to me, I think it's just a control thing. That's probably a, a cop that got in a fight with his spouse. Because, it, like, I know that it, you don't think of this as a Supreme Court thing, right? Like honking your horn. But the reality is, like, why does it even get to that point? Like, why did this have to go all the way to the Supreme Court? Now, again, she was arguing because this was a political thing, that that was protected political speech. And I would agree with her. And I would, too. I don't know why the Supreme Court decided not to take it. You know, you bring up a point. This probably is not where you wanted to go with it. But it's a topic I've had on my sheet the last few days that I haven't brought up. But with all of our problems, and we have a few, uh, 
One of the, one of my answers to you would be, why is it going that far, Wheels? Because we have the luxury to do it. Yeah. Because we're not going to be arrested and thrown in a gulag or poisoned or cold tortured like Navalny was. We're not going to just disappear one day from North Korea or China or Taiwan or Yemen. We really, and I can be pretty critical of my own country, which, you know what? Damn right I am. That's one of the rights, obligates, one of the obligations yeah. of being a United States citizen yeah. is to not let your country get too far outside the guardrails as you see them. But I have just really been struck the past few weeks with how absolutely fortunate we are to be here. Because it's not like here. It's not like here many places in the world. There's so many places in the world. It's not like there are 100 places in the world and two of them are crap. There are a lot of places where you really don't have rights. Think about the largest, like, land masses, right? I mean, as big as the U.S. is, how many countries are as big as the U.S.? Or close? There's a few, right? I mean, Canada's pretty big. Russia's obviously big. China's big. Australia's large. But a lot of the biggest ones are not like us at all. No. Doesn't it fascinate you? And do you guys ever think this as well? Like, I'm broad enough shouldered intellectually that I can entertain the thought, what if we're wrong? What if communism is the way to go? What if socialism is the answer to everything? What if we really need a dictator? I'm pretty sure of my stances on all those things, but I'm also not so feeble that I can't at least entertain that thought. Yeah, I, it, because look at all the billions of people who do things differently than we do it. Yeah, and and there are plenty of places. Um, and again, we understand the differences between a smaller European country that's very homogenous, very yeah. similar culturally. Seven million people, right? We understand that that like governing that is a lot different than governing three hundred million plus people. But there are all kind. It's never about the ism. I've, I mean, I, I'm no genius. I'm no intellectual, but I've seen. Every type of government exploited. Greed is always the problem, right? Communism itself, the ideas, while flawed in some ways, they're not evil, but bad people take advantage of them, just like bad people take advantage of every other form of government we've ever had. You are leading me right into another topic. I have uh, right here on my sheet, St. Louis does not equal bad people. Uh, Another List came out. Worst places in the in the country to live. East St. Louis was number six. St. Mm. Louis was number 16. And if, if I didn't live here and I didn't think about it much, it would strike me. And I would think of St. Louis and I would think of bad people. And it's just so absolutely unfair because there are so few bad people in St. Louis there are so vanishingly, such a vanishingly small number of really bad people who are ever going to do anything but be polite to you and give you directions to Union Station. There are so few bad people who are going to try to harm you or hurt you or take your stuff. But when the good people fail to keep the bad people in check, you get St. Louis. That's what it is. It's pretty simple mathematics. Most people in St. Louis, Kirkwood, St. Charles, St. Louis City, Lafayette Square, Central West End, they're good people. They're just working and raising their families and trying to not be an a-hole. And then there are criminals, 
people who commit crimes for a living. They don't have a job. They take other people's stuff. I don't know that we have any more of them here than they have in any other city in the country. But what we have done the past 20 years is we have stopped stopping them. Other places simply stop their bad people better than we do. They all have them. We got them. And I think for every city out there, any group of humans, you can take a scoop and you're going to have just about the same number of bad people in every scoop. And I don't think it's that many. I think maybe five out of 100. It doesn't take many to ruin it. If if you don't keep them in check. Well, and our population is dwindling. So if, you know, people feel like there's a safety issue or whatever. Yeah. Well, and a lot of it comes down to like. It's it, we all we have these different definitions, like certain things stand out more. Right. Uh, I saw the video today of the mother and daughter who were killed last week coming out of the Drake concert. The video. If what you do you mean the video? The video, the, the actual, actual video of it went is on Twitter right now. You can see it happen. I wonder what you meant by that this morning. And it is. I mean, if you're squeamish at all, you don't want to see it. Um, and I'm not happy that I saw it. You don't see the Bodies. end result. Yeah. But you see the actual happen. Like you see what happens. And like that it's the same topic we've talked about. The visual changes how you view and see and feel about the thing. Right? I felt Ray Rice, like the point you That's made. exactly right. I felt watching this the same way as when I saw the Ray Rice thing, seeing it versus seeing the description of it. And you see this and how fast this guy was going and how violently he tears through those two human beings that were just crossing the street. And it changes the, the, the seriousness of the issue. But so many of the terrible things that happen, whether they're gun crimes or white collar crimes, where rich people are ripping off everyone else because they want more for themselves. Yeah. When you don't see it, it never has the same impact. Yeah. But we see... The street, the crimes happening in the street. You see the result of a murder. You see those things. Therefore, they hit you. Let's go to uh, line one. Talk to John. Hey, John. Thanks for calling in. Go ahead. Yeah, a couple of things. You guys are right on on this. Uh, first of all, if we drew the line, we all know this. We've heard this a thousand times. If we drew the line around our whole county, like every other city does, except a couple other ones, I, I, we would drop down to like you know way down the list of murders. Yeah. A murder rate. So that's it's unfair to the city when that line is drawn that way. And another thing, uh, they did the math on it. I forgot why I read this. But in the country, 99.99% of people don't murder anybody ever. And like even St. Louis City, it's 99.9% will not murder you. And one other thing, um, this is a little bit, it's a little bit racial, but I just want to point it out. It doesn't get enough mention. In, in the United States, there is about five times as many white people. We know that. But if you look at total numbers, the white people commit 200,000 violent crimes. If you, if you count murder, manslaughter, rape, and assault, they commit 200,000. Blacks are, are much further down the list with hundred and like 110,000. So, so whites are committing nearly double the amount, even though we do know there's many more white people. I just think we overlook the white violent crime in this country, which is much worse. It's a total number. And if you're white, you got to look out for white people because whites kill whites and blacks kill blacks. Okay. All right. That's probably enough. I mean, I mean, 
get into some. See, the, the, and here's here's where I want to go with this because I think this is the problem. We, that was a wild ride. We really I didn't know where we're going to pe- end up. People really suck at context. They really you, you think you you'll you'll turn this into two camps based on the random color of people's skin, which is not why people commit crimes. It's always external factors. It's always more about. I mean, if you want to pick one thing that's more more of a unite unifying factor when it comes to crime, it's poverty. But you, you did get that John was making the point that you need to look out for white people as much as black people. Yeah, I mean that was his point. Yeah, it just was. <laughs> no, I thought he was taking. I thought he was taking us there too, but he took us to the opposite place. Damn. Just so we all understand that. It was a wild ride. It was a wild ride. Yeah, yeah. Gonna be talking to Mike Claiborne after the top of the hour break. I think the Cardinals are just wrapping up down in Jupiter. Andrew, you have a mouse traps uh, update? Yes. Okay. So I came up with a with a very clever idea. A better mouse trap. About. Yes, a better mouse trap. I've got a a I it's a it's a lethal trap that I made it non lethally because uh, some people on the Facebook had mentioned this and they make a really good point. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I bet I can I bet I can come up with something non lethal to catch this guy. I'm on a little buddy. I don't want to hurt anybody. He's your passenger. So, yeah, he's my passenger. He's my little pal. So what I've got now passenger is I've got princess. the I've got the uh, the the set off deactivated mouse trap dangling over um, a bucket, and the whole every inch of everything is slathered in peanut butter. So my whole car smells like peanut butter right now. Uh, and so the 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 plan is that he will tiptoe out onto the trap to get the peanut butter. It'll flop into the bucket. Where he will be mired in delicious peanut butter. I've got a video of it. We can post if you guys want. I put a. I made a. Sounds delightful. Made a video of it. Yeah, and so he will just take a take a peanut butter swim until uh, until I fish him out. Are, are people, people really that concerned about the mouse? There are a couple people who don't want the mouse. I mean, I don't want the mouse to die. Yeah, and I would set him free. I would prefer. Where do you draw your line? Like uh, bugs, I guess. Like yeah. if there were the spiders in the car, we can smash those. But and why do you draw that line? I don't is know. Is it a mammal right? line? Is it's, it a, I don't know. They're having cute. whites in your eyes? It's, it's about cu- cuteness. It's a, it's a cute thing, right? Yeah. It's about like there's something different about about needing to remove like something that's cute and fuzzy versus something that's like creepy crawly. Hard and you know what I mean? I just find it interesting. It is interesting for sure. Okay. Hey, we can uh we can ask Klaibs about this. I don't think it's a finalized deal, but I saw Katie Wu from the Athletic has said the Cardinals are gonna sign shortstop Brandon Crawford. Um it would be it would be a low price deal, kind yeah. of like the Chris, the Matt Carpenter thing. Okay. Uh- <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.